Amen. Amen. Before you make your way back to your seats, I want us to do something here. Young ladies, connect with another young lady. Young man, connect with another young man. I want us just to take the next 90 seconds, and I want us to make this place a house of prayer. I want you to lift your voices right now. If you don't know how to pray, if you don't know what to pray, I just want you to speak the name of Jesus over this atmosphere right now. That's it. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Nobody being silent. The Lord's going to do something special here tonight. There's going to be a mighty hand of deliverance. Visit this place. Come on. I don't know if you've heard the weaving of every song and the keynote that went forward. God's going to do something very special in this house tonight. You're going to leave here delivered from things in your mind and your heart. God's going to set some people free. Come on. That's it. Begin to speak it out right now. Begin to declare it out right now. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we lift your name on high. Lord, I believe right now, Lord, that before we walk out of this place, things are going to be different. Come on. That's it. Speak it. Speak it right now before you go back to your seat, before we take a text, before we go any further. I want you to declare right now, Lord, before I leave this place, uh, chains are going to be broken. Before I leave this place, my mind is going to be delivered. Before I leave this place, God, things are going to shift uh, in my heart, God. Before I leave this place, I'm going to take a hold of something. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, press just for a few more moments. Would you do that with me? Would you press just for a few more moments? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Aren't you glad to be here on a Thursday night praising the Lord? Amen. Amen. You can make your way back to your seats in Jesus' name. Didn't this youth-led praise team worship team do just a fantastic job tonight amen brother gabe he did so fantastic didn't he do a wonderful job sharing his heart amen amen give honor to your pastor tonight give honor to your youth pastor in his absence what an honor it is to be a part of youth week once again Thank you, Brother Caleb Saucer, for stepping in in his absence and taking such good care of me and being so kind. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I woke up this morning, and it's one of the few times it seems like the Lord just lets me know early what I'm going to preach, so that was kind of nice. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13. We're going to begin at verse number 14. 2 Kings 13 and verse number 14. If you'd stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, I believe in honoring the beautiful, beautiful written word of God. Amen. Well, y'all a little tight here tonight. I don't, that, that makes me uncomfortable. Amen. I preach a whole lot quicker if I get a response, just so y'all know. So if you want to get to Chipotle quicker, I suggest amen. <laughs> 2 Kings chapter 13, beginning at verse number 14. The Bible says, Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, he came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow, everybody say, and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And the king of Israel 
He told him, he said, put thine hand upon the bow, and he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward, and he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. It was the will of God for him to consume Syria. Verse number 18, and he said, take the arrows. Everybody say arrows. He did not change weaponry. Take the arrows, and he took them, and he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground, and he smote thrice and stayed. That means three times in case you don't understand King James. It's thrice, rice. I know it gets confusing. Verse number 19, and the man of God was wroth with him and said, thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria until, everybody say, you consumed it. It was the will of God that Israel had taken dominion over Syria, that they would finish off this enemy that had been coming against them for far too long till you had consumed it. But now you're only going to have three victories. You're only going to have a temporary victory when it was my will for you to leave this moment having a permanent victory over your adversary. I want to preach to you tonight for the next few moments on this subject, understanding dominion. I want you to know that right now, However old you are, 12, 15, 18, 21, 27, 32, 56, however old you are, you're here tonight. It is not the will of God for you to live a life in this kingdom with these constant highs and lows fighting the very same enemy that God delivered you from when you were baptized in the name of Jesus. But it is the will of God for you to walk as a ruler over what he brought you out of. Amen? So tonight, with the help of the Holy Ghost, we're going to get into some things. And in Jesus' name, you're going to walk out of this place, not just delivered, but you're going to walk out of this place having dominion over what God delivers you from. Does anybody want that? If you want that, I want you to lift your hands one more time. I want you to lift your voices one more time. And I want you to pray with power and with authority that God would have his will in your life today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I stand upon the authority of your word and the power that's in your name. Stand here tonight, God, knowing that you are a deliverer. You are a healer, God. You can do all things. I pray tonight that you would allow revelation to flow into this body. I pray, God, that before we leave here, Lord, that something would shift in the heart of minds, God, of every student that's here, that they would understand, God, that it is your will for them to be the head and not the tail, that it is your will, God, for them to operate in dominion and authority, God, as the end-time generation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. If you believe it, why don't you clap your hands? Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, God can. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God will. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I want to point out in the process of Elisha's teaching to this king on how you're going to have first and foremost deliverance. The very first thing that he tells him is you got to take bow and arrows. You got to get some weaponry. And you got to take this weaponry and you've got to submit it to the hands of a man of God. This is important because we're living in a world that does not respect authority anymore. We're living in a world where you don't submit to authority anymore. But I need every young person that's here tonight to understand you need a pastor in your life. I'm going to say that again. You need a pastor in your life. I know you're here tonight and you're young and it may not fully be comprehensible at this stage of life, but you need to get a hold of it at this stage of life. It is important that a man of God puts his hands on your life and he begins to shape you and mold you according to the word of the Lord. You need a pastor that's willing to preach to you hard things. You need a preacher that's willing to tell you yes, and you need a preacher that's willing to look at you in the face and say, no, that's not good. You don't need to do that. And when you have a man of God that is willing to put his hands upon your life and direct you, you have to understand that it is not his will that he would take you and, and, and cause you to be frustrated. But when Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands, it was his will that he would direct him to the path of deliverance from what had him bound. And so when your pastor or your youth pastor looks at you and he preaches things that you don't want to hear and you don't want to listen to and you don't really want to do, you have to understand that although you may not like it, what's taking place is, is he is leading you to a path of deliverance in your life. And so you have to trust the voice of the man of God in your life. You have to believe that Christ is the chief shepherd. He is the under shepherd and he is leading you in the ways and path unto the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to have a man of God in your life. You've got to believe that with everything that is within you. You need the hands of a pastor on you. You need to be able to submit when it's easy, and you need to be able to submit when it's hard. Amen. Do we believe that here tonight? And so in the process of deliverance that Elisha was leading uh, uh, this, this king to, the first thing he tells him, he says, is you've got to take bow and arrows. You need weaponry in your life. Now, in the Old Testament, they fought with swords and they fought with spears and they fought with, with, real, with real weapons. But you and I understand today that the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. We don't fight with swords and spears. We fight in a prayer room. We fight in fasting. We fight by speaking and hearing the word of the Lord because we don't fight a carnal warfare. Our warfare is a spiritual warfare. And so you've got to get some spiritual weaponry in your arsenal in this day and age that you're living. And I want to tell you that passive Christianity is not going to get you to salvation. 
Passive Christianity is not going to get you to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But if you want to make it to heaven, you want to get to gates of pearl and, and beautiful streets of gold and get to see Jesus on the throne, you've got to have some spiritual weaponry. You've got to be able to look at the face of the adversary and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I rebuke you and know that's a weapon. And so he tells him, he says, I want you to take bow and I want you to take arrows. And when you take this bow and you take this arrow, he said, I want you to shoot out the window eastward. I want you to point it eastward. Now, that was a place that they suggest it was Gilead, which is where Syria and Israel had had a lot of their battles. And, and, and they had lost to Syria multiple times in this location. So when he draws that bow back and he's about to release this arrow, in his mind he's thinking, God's about to deliver me from where I fell. God's about to deliver me from where I lost things, where I never thought I could get things back from. You have to understand that you're never out of reach of deliverance from the arrow of the Lord. When he gets ready to shoot that arrow of deliverance, it doesn't matter where you fell. It doesn't matter where you lost. It doesn't matter where you made the mistake. It doesn't matter how far out of reach you think that victory is. You have to understand whether you messed up, whether you made the mistake and you lost the battle, you're never too far for the arrow of deliverance to loose itself out of the window and find you and deliver you by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what I love. He says it was the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. Because when you loose the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, it's going after what has you bound. When you lose the weaponry, spiritual weaponry, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, it's going to find what has you bound, and it will loose it in the name of Jesus. You have to understand that when you begin to enter, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, into spiritual warfare, God will loose things off of your family. God will loose things off of your city. God will loose things off of your school. God will shake things. I'm getting claps from out here, but does any young people believe what I'm preaching? I've got some parents saying amen, but I need some young people to understand what I'm preaching tonight. You're not in this little easy believism Christianity. You're in a place where we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah, I know, I know you think it's about the face of the person you're looking at, but really it's not about flesh and blood. You're at war with real principalities and real powers right now. When you're 12 years old, you're 15 years old, you may not realize it, but you're battling a supernatural war. And you've got to learn how to get a hold of supernatural armor. And you've got to get a hold of supernatural uh, uh, weaponry. And you've got to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. And you've got to learn how to pray and, and fast and shake things. Because when you loose the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, it will deliver you from whatever has you bound. I believe that God is a delivering God. You believe that God can deliver you from anything? You believe what... Brother Gabe preached tonight when he was talking to us just a few moments ago, and he was saying that if you speak the name of Jesus, that, that anxiety has to go, that fear has to go, that depression has to go. 
I'm telling you, I've seen it multiple times. I was preaching one time, and uh, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge for this lady in the altar. And I walked up, and I, I said, the Lord's going to deliver you from depression today. I said, when you go home, I said, you're not going to have to take those antidepressants anymore. Laid my hand on her head, and the Lord began to do the work. She went home, and she flushed those antidepressants. She came back to me three weeks later when I went back to preach there. She said, listen, she said, I've been depressed for years. She said, but when you spoke that word of faith, uh, she said, I don't know what shifted, but God delivered me from that. And I haven't had to take that anymore. I'm telling you, God can deliver. I'm telling you, God can heal. I'm telling you, God can set free. I'm telling you, I've seen drug addicts. I was preaching in Missouri one time, Lebanon, Missouri, for Brother uh, Chris Thornton, and we were preaching, uh, and, and the Holy Ghost began to move, and there was this man, he had a, a pack of cigarettes sticking out of his front pocket. He ran down to the altar, and I prayed for him. I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command for you to be delivered from nicotine right now in Jesus' name. I didn't really think anything happened. It wasn't like angels came down from heaven, and he was hit with a lightning bolt, and all crazy. Next thing I know, a few moments later, he walks up and he takes the cigarettes out and he throws them on the altar. And I come back. He said, I don't need those anymore. He said, I, I've been delivered from nicotine. you got to understand, God can deliver you. I was preaching a youth camp last year and the Lord began to deal with me that, that there were some kids there that, that had been struggling with vaping. Ooh, it got quiet a little bit right there, didn't it? You know, we got a, I'm a little country. People don't realize that. But, uh, you know, when you put the oil where the squeak is, it'll get quiet. You know what that means? <laughs> and, and the Lord began to deal with me about kids that were vaping. And he said, there's multiple here that are vaping. I said, as a matter of fact, I said, you brought it to youth camp. I said, it's hidden in your duffel bag right now, and you think nobody knows about it. And the Lord, man, I'm telling there's a little pushback right there. I don't, anyhow. Maybe the Lord's going to deliver somebody from vaping tonight in Jesus' name. And so I began to preach, and I talked about vaping a little bit, and, and a young man came up to me in that altar. He said, he said, man, he said, God just delivered me. He went back to his dorm, and he came back, and he slid his vape into my pocket. That made me a little uncomfortable. I went straight to the youth president. I was like, listen, Hoss, this ain't mine. <laughs> I just need you to know I ain't been preaching with a vape up in here. <laughs> But immediately, God delivered him. And I'm telling you, in a moment, God brought, I've seen God. I've been in this my whole life. I've been, I, my teeth were cut in church pews. This is all, I, I have seen God deliver drug addicts. I've seen God deliver people. I have watched the power of the Holy Ghost hit in an altar call. I've watched young people, I'm telling you, immediately, pow, the Holy Ghost comes on them and they're delivered. That's what Elisha was leading the king to. He said, I'm telling you, he said, I'm going to loose this arrow. And when I do, he said, deliverance is coming. The arrow of the Lord's deliverance. I feel like tonight. Night in the Holy Ghost, God wants to loose the arrow of deliverance in this house. God wants to set some people free. Your Syria is not a physical Syria, but it's something that has been rising up in your life for long enough. And I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost, on a Thursday night youth revival, the power of God can be loosed in this house and He can guide you to be set free from some things that you don't ever have to return to. Lord have mercy. Let's worship right now. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house. My, 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 my. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's worship. Take 30 more seconds. God's moving right now. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Is this all right on a Thursday night? I felt like the Lord told me I need to slow down and get a little personal here tonight. Is this okay? All right. And so the air of the Lord's deliverance, it, it's loose. Now, now, here's what you have to understand is that I've seen deliverance come. I've seen, I'm telling you, I've seen it. I, I've watched people come to the altar and I've seen God do a miraculous work in their life. And I'm telling you, when this altar call is called, if you will respond in faith, God will deliver you tonight. Do you, in Jesus' name. But I'll tell you what else I've seen. The Bible talks about the, the process of deliverance. And it talks about it in a parable. Jesus gives it to us. He says that, that when, when you want to set a house free, you first have to bind the strong man. Now, this is the process of deliverance. So you go in and you bind the strong man, and then you can take his house. And so when you get delivered, you bind the strong man, and he is removed from his location. Now, that strong man is whatever you need deliverance from. It's, it's whatever you've been struggling with. That's that strong man. The house is you. And he says, you bind it, and he goes. But then the Bible says this. He gets to walking around in dry places. And while he's walking around, he thinks to himself, you know what? It would be better if I just go check out the condition of the house that I left. Now watch. He's wandering around in a dry desert place, and then he says, I'm going to go check out the house that I was removed from. Someone say, the house is me. And he comes back and he says, I'm going to go check out the condition of Gabe, and I'm going to see how he's feeling and how he's looking, and, and I'm just going to check things out. And the Bible says he comes back, and, and man, the house looks good. Got the suit on right. Ooh, boy, looking apostolic from the head to the toe. You look good. I mean, show up. That He's like, wow, they're dressing right. They're looking right. But then he gets on some internal things. He says, but it's vacant. You look like you're the part, but internally you've allowed a spiritual vacancy, and now you are no longer full of the Holy Ghost that delivered you at an altar. And he says, I know what I'll do. I'm going to go get seven of my friends. And he goes out and he gets seven more and he comes back. And the next time deliverance tries to come to you, it's seven times harder for you to be delivered this time than it was the first time deliverance visited you. That's why there's some of us that find deliverance at an altar and then you go home and you don't allow the Holy Ghost to occupy and so when that spirit comes back, he's checking out the condition of the house, and he realizes, oh, they were full of the Holy Ghost at youth week, but a week has gone by, and they haven't spoken in tongues since Thursday night altar call. Is this all right? And so he says, I'm going to get seven of my friends. And the next youth week, you come back, and you're trying to get deliverance from something, and it's harder to press through the barrier to get what God has for you. It's harder for you to be delivered in that moment than it was before. Why? Because the last time deliverance visited, it doesn't mean you can't be delivered. It means you've got to press harder. Because now you've got to press seven times harder than you did the last time. Because deliverance cannot visit in the same manner that it did last time because you didn't keep the house full. 
And that's why when you see in this beautiful story that Elisha, he says, all right, shoot the arrow. And he shoots the arrow. And then he tells him, take bow and arrows. He's got the same weapon. You got to hear me. Don't change your weaponry. Don't turn to worldly weaponry to find help in a time of a spiritual struggle. He didn't say go out and get you a hammer, go out and get you a spear, go out and get you a chariot. He said take the same arrows that brought deliverance. You need to hear what I'm saying? The very same weaponry and now take those arrows and smite the earth. He said you've got deliverance, but I want you to have dominion. You've been set free, but I want you to rule over what I've set you free from. And so now you've got to take the same weaponry. I need you to hear me. What happened? What were you doing when you got delivered? You were in a spiritual atmosphere, weren't you? You were listening to holy music, weren't you? Can I talk for just a minute? You weren't listening to the junk the world has to offer. You were listening to somebody sing about the wonderful matchless name of Jesus. You were listening to holy music and then a preacher got behind the pulpit and preached what thus says the word of the Lord. You know you can get what thus says the word of the Lord when you wake up in the morning before you come back to church tomorrow night. It's called daily bread. I'm going to show you how you get it right here. You open the word of God, which is a lamp unto your path and a light. It'll lead you in valleys. It'll take you through dark places. This right here is weaponry. You want to know what weaponry was there when you got delivered? Prayer. You want to know how you stay in the realm of dominion and you don't have to keep being delivered from the same thing? Wake up and pray again. You got to pray every day, every day. It's the, it's the weaponry. It's what, it's what got you delivered, and it's what's going to keep you in dominion. It's what brought you the freedom when you were in the altar. I guarantee you, you were in the altar, and you were praying. You were asking God. You were at a youth camp. You were at a youth convention, and the church was on fire. You were listening to apostolic music. You were in a holy atmosphere. You weren't around carnal people. You were around spiritual people. I've always been taught birds of a feather flock together. And so if you are constantly hanging around carnality, I know you can't help it. you got to go to school, and they're probably not surrounded all the time by apostolic people, and that's okay. You can be in the world, but not of the world. You, you can't help that you're going to have to have uh, interaction with, with unspiritual people. But I tell you what, you can choose who you spend the majority of your time with. And one of the reasons that it's easier to get deliverance when you're around spiritual people is because spiritual people are spiritual people. And when you're in a spiritual atmosphere, can I, can I give you a, just a, a wonderful little lesson right here? Are you ready? You can have a spiritual atmosphere in your bedroom tomorrow. Wow. That's powerful. I could alter call. Done. You realize the possibility that you could have with God by yourself in the morning. I'm not just preaching just to preach tonight. I'm telling you what God wants you to hear. It's not the will of God for us to constantly live in the ebbs and flow from deliverance to deliverance. 
God wants us right now, in the age you are at, right here, in this age group, he wants you to learn how to walk in dominion. He wants you to learn you don't have to constantly battle the same junk. You don't have to fight the same thing every day. Yes, you've got to battle against the flesh. But let me tell you something. If you win the war on prayer and getting into spiritual atmospheres, God will win the battles you can't fight. I'll tell you who proved that, Daniel. What does Daniel do? He gets to praying and fasting 21 days, right? He's praying and fasting, and the angel of the Lord shows up on the last day. He says, hey, Daniel, I've been up in the heavenlies fighting the fight you can't fight. Because you were fighting the fight against your flesh, I was fighting the fight you couldn't fight in the spiritual. You see, when you win the war against your flesh in the morning, God wins the war that you can't win on your own. And so, dominion, this is what we have to learn. So, he says, I need you to take arrows. Everybody say, arrows, same weaponry, and I want you to smite everybody, say, the earth. He says, smite the earth. And so, boy, this is going to be a good little arrow right here and a sweat rag all in one. He takes it, and he smites it. Boom, one time. Boy, it feels good. Boom, two times. That feels good, too. Boom, three times. All right, I'm done. And that's how our walk with God looks like as students. I'll smite it on Monday or Sunday, Wednesday, and youth service. And that's all I'm going to give God in the realm of taking care of my flesh. And then we wonder why we cannot live in the realm of freedom like God wants us to. And so you have to understand that he tells him, he says, smite the earth, one, two, three. And he stops, and the Bible says the man of God was wroth. He was angry. He was upset. He said, why did you stop short? You could have had permanent victory over this enemy, but you settled for something temporary when I intended for you to have something permanent. Are you tired of temporary victories over the same thing? I'm asking you. Do you ever, I, I, I'll preach to myself, I, 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 I get sick and tired, it seems like, of the same fight. Just give me a new devil. I, I'd just be happier if you give me some. And the Lord began to deal with me when I was younger. He says, this is how you step into the realm of dominion. Now watch, everybody say the earth. All right. Now, why is that important? He said, smite the earth. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 2, I believe, verse number 6. And he reached down and formed men from the dust of the flesh is nothing but earth. And so this is what he tells him. He says, I want you to learn how to subdue the earth, how to take control of flesh, because flesh is always going to rise up. Are you with me? And so he was trying to show him this is the path of dominion. Now, I want to take just a few more moments tonight, and then we're going to call this thing done. And then we're going to have an altar call. And I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God is going to deliver people tonight. I'm telling you, not only is he going to deliver you, but when you walk out of these doors, you're going to walk in dominion in Jesus' name. Adam, I'm going to make you from earth, right? And then... I'm going to turn you, and I'm going to give you dominion over what I brought you out of. He says, Adam, I reached down and formed you from the dust of the ground, 
And then when he brings him from the dust of the ground, he says, I'm going to give you dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. He said, so this is the process right here. He said, I'm going to bring you out, turn you, and give you dominion over what I brought you out of. You hear that? It's not the will of God for you to just have victory once. He says, I'm going to give you victory, and then I'm going to teach you how to rule over what I gave you victory over. Now watch. Adam and Eve fall in the garden, right? Everybody heard about the fall in the garden? They fall in the garden. When Adam and Eve fall in the garden, the Bible says that they lose this connection and they begin to add things unto them. So watch. Adam was made in the image of God. When he imaged God, he had dominion. When he lost the image of God or he began to add on to himself, he fell in the garden. He began to give himself to sin, he and Eve. Now he has lost that dominion. Why? Because he gave himself to sin. And so dominion has always been related to which image you bear. When he was in the image of God before he fell, he had dominion. When he fell, he lost his authority over what he had dominion over. Are you with me? And so God says, all right, I understand. Everybody here now, because of the fall in the garden, you have a first nature. That's why when Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, he said, that which is born of the flesh is, and that which is born of the spirit is. So you have two births here. When you were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, he gave you a new nature, and he gave you a new birth, and he gave you a new image. That's why the Bible teaches us that when you are baptized in Jesus' name, you have two natures now. You have the first nature, which is after the first man, Adam, and then you have the second nature, which is after the second man, Adam, which is Jesus Christ. Everybody say, that's my second nature. Boy, I'm getting to the fun part right here. And so this is what God says. He says, when I gave you my name and and you were baptized in my name and you were filled with my spirit, I gave you a new image. And what is the image of Christ? Are you ready? He is seated far above all principalities, all powers, all rulers of darkness. Everything in this earth that could try to come against you, Christ said, I'm seated way above it. Now, you ready for the good news? Ephesians 2 and 6, and you are seated with him, and you, everybody say me, I am seated with him in heavenly places. So if Christ is far above it all, and you are the image of Christ, you are in Christ Jesus, that means you take your seat above the things that are holding you down. That's why it's so important every day of your life you step into a prayer room and you pray beyond Dylan until you get back into Christ. Oh, man. So this is what we got to learn. Romans chapter 13, verse number 14. The Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and so you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay? So this is what you and I have to understand. Come up here with me, Gabe. You did a great job preaching. You're going to help me tonight. Everybody give Gabe a big high five. Come stand right here. 
So you have sharp Gabe, and, and Gabe is, is wearing these dapper clothes. Now, this is going to represent your old man for just a second, all right? So watch. This is what happens. I'm, I'm really trying to give you guys some tools more tonight than, I, than we get inspirational. I want you to get information tonight because God doesn't want you to be young people that are constantly defeated. He wants you to live above that life. He didn't give you the fullness of himself for you to constantly battle depression, fear, anxiety, and addiction. And so you wake up in the morning, and this is Gabe, this coat right here. That is your name, right? I got that right, Gabe? Okay, that would have been really weird if I was calling you the wrong name all night. This is Gabe, this coat right here. Now, this is how prayer works right here. Are you ready? This is how spiritual weaponry, devotion works. You wake up in the morning, and you begin to talk to the Lord. And while you're talking with the Lord, you begin to ascend up into heavenly places. Now, this is where we start. We enter into his courts with thanksgiving. I'm teaching. This is prayer right here. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, I, I just want to say thank you for giving me another day. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the revelation of who you are. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a pastor that preaches truth. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be birthed into a family that knew truth. Thank you, Lord, that if I wasn't already brought up in this, that somebody brought the revelation of truth to me. And as you go beyond thanksgiving, you step up into repentance. Now watch. This is how prayer works out. You started down there and after you started in thanksgiving, you begin the elevation process. Now, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the things that I've said, the things that I've thought, the things that I've done, Lord. Lord, I did things yesterday I'm not proud of, but I'm thankful to know that a righteous man follows seven times a day. But I'm going to get back up again because I refuse to stay in my sin because you said Lord we have an advocate with the Father where I can boldly enter into the throne room of grace God that I might obtain and find mercy and grace in my time of need Lord so now you step up out of repentance and you go up a little bit higher and now all of a sudden you begin to pray over your day Lord I've got to go to school today I, I've got to be around carnal people today I, I've got to be around these things today give me strength today as I go Lord let me be led by the spirit and not by the flesh God help me oh God to walk right to talk right to live right God and then you take another step and then you take another step and the next thing you know you're up here in heavenly places now watch your old nature while you're praying it does this right here and you lose who you were now you're no longer gay I'm gonna help you. you're gonna have to put on a sweaty coat now watch Romans 13, 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. NIV says, wear him like a garment. So now you've elevated yourself out of the natural realm, and you're up here in the supernatural realm, and God robes you in himself. <laughs> Looking dapper. And now you're going to step out in the world. It's a little big, isn't it? <laughs> That's all right. We want to be enveloped in Jesus. We want to be swallowed up in Jesus. Now watch. Now you're no longer Gabe. Now when you step out into the world, you're stepping out in the one who has all dominion, all authority, all power. And you step out where the spirit world knows who you are. You're not in your old nature anymore. You're in your new nature. You are robed in Christ Jesus. This is why daily devotion is the arrow of which you smite the earth every day, every day, every day. Now watch. My wife li lived in Alaska. Now she lives with me in Florida. That makes sense because she's my wife. 
<laughs> and I learned real quick that I can't dress in Alaska like I did in Florida because it's cold in Alaska. I was up there one time, and it was like negative 12 degrees. I was like, the devil is a liar. I don't even know if the Lord lives here. Ichabod, the glory has departed. But this is what I learned. When I'm packing, you know, when I'm hanging out in Florida where I live, I want to look at the weather, and I want to see what the climate is in the place because I can't control what happens in the climate outside in the world. But I can control the garment that will prepare me to step out into elements that are out of my control. And so when I get to Alaska, I don't have my joggers on and a thin t-shirt on. Uh-uh, you will freeze to death. I've got like 19 layers on, three pairs of thermals, 16 pairs of socks, a beanie. A... Why? I'm preparing to step out into elements that are out of my control. I'm preparing to step out into spiritual wickedness and hype. And so this is why daily devotion is the most important part of your life, Gabe. Because yes, yes, God wants to elevate you out of where you're at. He wants to robe you in his wonderful matchless name. And then he wants to send you out in the world prepared to handle. And then when you go to school and things begin to come against you and life begins to come against you, you're not trying trying to war the war on your own. You've already won the war of prayer and now God can win the war against temptation. God can win the war against things that are coming against you and now you're not living a life of ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. Now you've won the life of dominion. You've stepped, my Lord, have mercy. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let's worship. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. How, lift your hands if they're not lifted, and let's call upon the name of the Lord right now. I'll give you your coat back. Just take that with you. Come on, keep praying for just a moment. Keep praying for just a moment. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, lift your voices. Don't look at me right now. Don't worry about what's going to come after right now. I want you to engage this atmosphere with prayer and with worship right now. I want you to lift your voice and begin to talk to the Lord. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, the arrow of deliverance is about to visit this place. And after it visits this place, you're not going to go home and be bound. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to take the arrow, the weaponry, which is not carnal. And you're going to fight the good fight of faith. God, help us tonight. Come on, let's, let's worship right now. I'm asking you not to stop. I'm asking you to step into this realm where you begin to pray, where you begin to worship right now. Come on, take on that spiritual weaponry and loose your voice right now in the name of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My, 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 my. Ooh, come on, pray a little longer. 
before you make it to the altar. This is what I'm talking about. See, sometimes you, 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 you've you warred this war and you've hit this wall and it's harder to break through than it was last time. Come on. You've got to learn how to press beyond. You've got to learn how to issue in that arrow of deliverance. How many of you, raise your hand if you've been baptized in Jesus' name. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Raise your hand. I think that's just about everybody's been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you really think that when, first of all, do you believe that when you got the Holy Ghost, you got the fullness of the Godhead bodily? Boy, that was really weak for an apostolic church. I'm going to ask that question again. Do you believe when you got the Holy Ghost, you got the fullness of the Godhead bodily? I'm not one-ish. I'm one-ness. And so when God manifested himself in flesh, Jesus Christ was the pattern on how we are supposed to live. Beloved, know you not that you are the sons of God? Do you not know that you are an heir to this wonderful, wonderful truth and that when God filled you with himself, he didn't give you a junior-sized Holy Ghost? When God filled you with his spirit, he didn't give you some portion of himself. What did he give you? He gave you himself. The power of the Holy Ghost is not something small, and it's not something minute, and it's not something little. The Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you is the very same God that spoke the worlds into existence. You got to hear that. The God that said, let there be light is within you. The God, come on now. The God that said, oceans stop here. The God that designed the mountaintops with a fingertip. That God is right here living in a. So the issue is not that we do not have enough God. We've got to learn how to access what we have and release it. And the power to be released, the anointing to be released, the things that we're looking to be released. That's why Paul did not tell Timothy, hey, listen, I'm going to come give you some more. He said, you just need to stir up what you've already got. Because what you got is enough if you would just stir it up, if you would just rekindle it. And so tonight, the Holy Ghost wants to send that arrow of deliverance through this place. I know what I felt. The Holy Ghost fell on me while I was driving over here, and I began to pray in an authoritative tongue. And I'm telling you, if you will allow God, he's going to loose that arrow of deliverance. But hear me. When it's loosed, you've got to take that weaponry, and you've got to say, I will not stop short tonight until I have complete dominion over what God is bringing me out of. Are you willing to press tonight? Are you willing to press tonight? Are you willing to go beyond the flesh and say, I'm not getting up from this altar until something breaks in my life. I'm not moving from this moment uh, until something shifts in my life. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to take the weaponry and I'm going to do it again and again and again and again. If you need the Holy Ghost tonight to break something in you, whatever it might be, 
doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what your struggle is. It might be anxiety. It might be fear. It might be depression. It might be addiction. It might just be that you need the help of the Holy Ghost to empower you to go forward to do what he's already called you to do. I'm asking you to join me in this altar right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. That's it. Let's come to this altar right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I've never been one to battle fear. It's never been me. But Hill, that's never been my struggle. I, I'm a pretty, I don't know, I shouldn't, I don't know how to say this, but I, fear is just not a struggle that I've had. And I remember I had my little baby, well, my wife had her, and uh, brought her home, and fourth or fifth night she was home, I went in to my office, and uh, it was about 3 a.m. because she's like a Nazi against sleep. And we were sitting in our recliner together, and I was holding her. And she finally went to sleep, and I was rocking, and I was praying. And I finally went to sleep with her. And when I did, for the first time in my life, a spirit of fear visited my room or my office where I was praying. And when I woke up, I woke up, and I was literally, I was I've never, I've never felt anything like it before. I was paralyzed. I could not move. I could not do anything. And I'll never forget while I was laying there, Brother Gabe, all I could do and all I had the strength to do, I was holding my daughter. I said, Jesus, Jesus. And the moment I got out that name, I felt a little bit of strength come back over me. Jesus. And I begin to speak it louder and with more authority. And I begin to feel strength come into my body. And I remember I stood up out of that chair. And I'm telling you, I felt an authority come over me. And I begin to pray with authority like I have never prayed before. I stepped into an authoritative tongue that I have never stepped into before. And some of you tonight, you're about to step into an authoritative tongue. A 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, you're going to tap into an authority you've never tapped into before. And I'll never forget as I was praying there and the authority came over me, I felt that spirit break and the peace of the Holy Ghost settled in on top of me. And when the peace of the Holy Ghost settled in, I laid back in my chair. I had a hold of my daughter we went to sleep and it was some of the best sleep we've ever had why because the holy ghost began to loose the arrow of deliverance into my life but i refused to stop short and in that room, I remember that intercessory prayer, that authoritative prayer as it came over me i began to do battle in the spirit the spiritual weaponry that's what the holy ghost wants you to learn how to operate in tonight and listen it's not going to happen with five minutes of I love you, Jesus. And I'm, I'm coming against some carnality right now because we want to pray these short little prayers and then wonder why we don't have deliverance, we don't have freedom. I'll tell you why. You're not getting into the Spirit. Well, I'm too young to get in the Spirit. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Earlier this year in January, I was preaching for my father, opening up the year in revival. My niece is six years old. Everybody say six years old. That's young, right? Would you say six? How old are you? Twelve? Okay, so you're like double her age. She's six years old. We were trying to get a break in that service, and I'll never forget. I watched my little six-year-old niece. I'm standing there preaching. She walks up on the platform. My father's sitting in his chair on the platform. She walks over to him, and she begins to intercede over my father. Now, she received the Holy Ghost already. 
she hits her little knee and she begins, I'm telling you, with authority, that tongue, she began to pray over my father. Now watch. Some of y'all may not believe in this, but I'm telling you, I was there and I heard it. While she began to pray over him in that tongue, it switched. And she leaned into his ear and began to speak things. The Lord not only gave her a prophecy, she gave her the tongue and the interpretation. And she's six years old. My father came to me after church. He said, that young lady said things to me tonight that I haven't even told your mother. Six years old. And she stepped into a prophetic realm at six. Boy, but I'm too young to enter into real spiritual things. That's reserved for a certain class of preacher. The, the, the depths of the spirit are for, are for people in ministry only. No, they're not. That's a lie from the pit of hell. There is an opening to the supernatural God wants to give to you tonight. There is an opening to the supernatural God is calling you to tonight. I don't care if you're 12 or if you're 15 or if you're 22. You've got to learn that the spiritual realm is the real world and God is calling you into it. And God can use you tonight to pray prayers and to do things that will send deliverance to this church, that will send deliverance to this city. You're not too young and you're not too unqualified. You've got to learn right now. The air of the Lord's deliverance is about to be released in this house. And when it is, God's going to call you to take hold of that weaponry and smite the earth. I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, don't stop short. Learn how to get into a spiritual atmosphere and dig in tonight and pray until something changes and intercede until something shifts and let your... I want you to lift your hands all over this house. I'm asking for every adult that's here to extend your hands toward these students right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, when I get ready to speak this word of faith, you're going to hear me say the word hallelujah. I don't want you looking around. I don't want you looking at the preacher. I don't want you looking at your parents. I don't want you looking at anybody else that's here. I want you to learn how to tap into the realms of the Spirit tonight. You're going to begin to loose your tongue. You're going to begin to pray things you've never prayed in an authority you've never prayed with. Deliverance is going to visit you, and you're going to step into that realm of authority tonight right now by the power of the word of God and by the authority that's in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. Let there be a loosening of the arrow of the Lord's deliverance into this house. Let there be an open door into the supernatural God that they would not stop short but that they would take the arrows of supernatural warfare God and they would begin to smite the earth until you give them something permanent in the spirit. Until you give them something permanent God. Let there be something God that is lasting take place in their life here tonight come on lift your voice right now students close your eyes right now don't worry about what's next don't stop in five minutes I want you to pray until you step into rivers you've never walked in I want you to pray until you step into flows you've never entered into let there be a loosening of the things of the spirit right now if you're a parent here, if you're in ministry here, would you help me right now? Begin to walk through this house and let's begin to pray that there would be a loosening right now in the name of Jesus. I command fear to leave right now in the name of Jesus. I command every spirit of anxiety, every spirit of depression, every spirit of addiction to be broken right now off of these students. Oh God, Lord, I pray that those that are battling mentally and emotionally, they would 
tap into something tonight, God, that they would not depart from all the days of their life, but that when they wake up in the morning, they would walk in your ways. When they wake up on Monday, they would walk in your way. Come on, that's it. Out of your belly, let it flow. Out of your belly, let it flow. Let there be a loosening of your tongue right now. Loose your tongue. I don't want you to pray in English if you've got the Holy Ghost right now. Step into that authoritative tongue. Pray